1: Welcome to another episode of the Hollywood Life podcast. I am here with my amazing co-host, Bonnie Fuller. Hi, Bonnie. Hey guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, we are so excited to chat with you about so much going on in Hollywood. And as always, make sure you stay tuned for the end of our chat. As we talk to Mark Billy Billingham, who is on the Bonnie's new favorite show, Fox's (laughs) Special Forces. He also was Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's bodyguard. And he says some really interesting things about working for them. So stay tuned for that at the end of our chat here.
0: Yes, and don't forget to like our podcast and to follow us and to go to Hollywood Life for more information about everything that we discuss.
1: Yes, exactly. Everything that we talk about is just like a tidbit of what is on the site. So always go to hollywoodlife.com and always return for our podcast every Tuesday. So let's jump into this, Bonnie. I think the biggest news this week was that Kylie Jenner finally, on a random Saturday, decided to (laughs) tell everybody her kid's name nearly 11 months after she welcomed a son and then said his name was Wolf and then said his name was no longer Wolf. Now we know in a cute little Instagram post that his name is Air.
0: Right. Yeah. It was so random in the middle of, of Saturday. And actually it was, it was pretty much at the same time as the Lisa Marie Presley funeral which and memorial which so many people were paying attention to and not only did she finally tell us his name but she posted a picture two pictures of him so you could see his face because so far we'd only really seen like a finger the back of his head and he is so cute he he looked so much like Stormy didn't, didn't you think
1: I thought he looked you know it's funny actually I think Stormy has a little bit rounder of a face like she kind of has Kylie's face whereas um I do I feel like air looks more like Travis really so, um, yes yeah, Stormy is totally Kylie's doppelganger I feel <laughs> like <Aaron is> after <laughs> Travis a little bit more but gosh he is so precious and so cute um and i loved that his name so she she said his name is pronounced as air and it's a i r e and it's of hebrew origin and it means um like strength of a lion which right is really beautiful because then she stepped out Wearing a big lion head at the uh, Scaparelli show at Couture Week, so maybe that's why she decided to announce. She wanted people to know now she's entering the connection that
0: there was some kind of a connection. Well, I do disagree with you on air. I think he looks and Stormy. I think they look like such a blend of both Kylie and Travis, and they definitely look like siblings. Uh, And anyway, but and they're both so cute, but. Uh, you know your theory that potentially that's why she announced it because she was going to be wearing this dress, which has actually stirred up a lot of controversy. Mm-hmm. It was a Scaparelli dress, and she went to the Scaparelli show, and it was a strapless gown. If any of you have not seen the photo of her wearing this dress, then come to Hollywood Life because we've got stories about it. It's in our galleries on Paris Couture, and it it is this beautiful lion head that looks very real so and it real. really really freaked i'm diverging from talking about kylie and travis yeah. and air but it it looked so real that it created a lot of backlash because people were like how can you wear a lion head and you're promoting you know um lions being being killed abused and poached etc etc except that um two things peta which is the organization for the ethical protection and treatment of animals came out in support and said no 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 this is good cuz this was all made from natural materials it involved no use of any sort of lot, real lion hair or lion anything and that if if and that if we want to honor lions and this animal. is a creation of art it's like a sculpture yeah and there's nothing wrong with representing a lion with you know these beautiful natural materials and Irina Sheikh, who actually wore the gown in the show itself also came out and said the same thing this is a piece of art and it honors lions and you know involves only it doesn't involve you know any any touching of a real lion if anything it's celebrating lions and so i do think that that's that that possibly your theory could be correct
1: yeah but
0: the other thing that we're hearing um from a source about the name is that it could also indicate that he's an heir h-e-i-r because it's oh. pronounced the same
2: mm-hmm.
1: and
0: he's one of the heirs to the kylie travis fortunes
1: yeah. <laughs> The Empire. Which they
0: will. Both children and any other children yeah. Kylie has and Travis has will be heirs to big fortunes.
1: It's true. I definitely know that Kylie has always had a thing for lions and things relating to them because she's a Leo. She was born in ah. August. And so I think that that definitely has like- something to comes her.
0: together.
1: It all comes together. But I agree with, I completely agree with you. And I agree with Peta and, and Peta saying like how that outfit- actually deters people from hunting and wanting to use these furs and these like a real these lion
0: animals. carcass That's because horrible. it
1: shows that you can recreate these things while keeping these animals alive and in their natural habitat. I I thought it was I thought it was her wildest look and I also really liked it. Like I don't know, I <laughs> really liked it. I was like, wow. You know, it- this is
0: cool, well, Ali. I could see you in in wearing that Scaparelli dress with your gorgeous red hair. Like,
1: oh, you would I'm look like I'm a lioness
0: thinking. yourself.
1: Look like a lioness. I think maybe I'll wear it as my wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely be shocking. Um, well, so the other interesting thing, yeah. though,
0: is that she did do this announcement following her split from, cut from Travis, and you know we're we're hearing that. She just got fed up that Travis would not make that final commitment, you know, put put an engagement ring on it mm. and commit to being monogamous with her and making a commitment to get married and then be forever as a family.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I maybe her, uh, her Met Gala look last May when she dressed up as a bride was like her final very obvious message to him, like propose or we're done, uh, and he just he couldn't pull the plug. I don't know, but we have heard at Hollywood Life, we have a great exclusive that is on our site that um says that Kylie's been really leaning on her sister Kendall, who just went through a breakup herself from Devin Booker, and and obviously handled that really gracefully and elegantly. It was very under the radar um versus Kylie and Travis, which has been made pretty public, um that. Kylie has really just been like leaning on Kendall to help her kind of go through it. And they just have just a really tight sisterly bond that uh, is, is stronger than ever, our insider saying.
0: Well, they've always been close, like really close. They've always done so much together. And you think about it from what we know from our sources is that Kendall also was kind of, was really having the same issue um, with Devin that he would not commit Mm-hmm. And that's why they broke up just after Courtney's wedding in the first place. And then he did say that he was going to put more effort into their relationship and that he was going to make that, you know, put the relationship on a front burner and that there would be a long-term like commitment to it. In other words, heading to an engagement. And I guess he didn't do it. So can't wait around forever when Men. If you want that for your life.
1: Agreed. These boys, they just got it. I don't know if it's how the Kardashians pick them or the car pick them, or if it's the guys being annoying, you know, but, well,
0: and the thing is, these are, these are women who are so successful. They're just so accomplished. Um, they're really gorgeous. They're really, really wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're self-made. They've bought businesses going. Um, I've met them both, not in a while, but they were both lovely, like nice. yeah. <laughs> so, like, what else do these guys want in a in a relationship? Yeah, you know what? Then ultimately, Kylie and Kendall will, you know, they they have to find somebody who can appreciate them for who they are right
1: and not be um, like not offended, not be. What's the word like? Uh,
0: intimidated by intimidated. Their success.
1: yeah, intimidated by their success. That's exactly yeah. it. That's exactly it. Um, well, and speaking of kids, we did really want to mention quickly um, that during Lisa Marie Presley's memorial service, it was revealed that her daughter Riley Keough actually had welcomed a daughter herself, uh, making Lisa Marie a grandmother shortly before her passing. We don't know much about the daughter, but other than. Um, Riley had mentioned it via her husband who gave the eulogy on her behalf. Uh, And
0: yeah. And then we did see a photo. In fact, we have it on Hollywood life of Riley with the baby in a pouch coming off. It looks like a private plane returning after the funeral um, that was at Graceland back to LA. Uh, The baby looks about, I would say seven, eight months.
1: Yeah. It definitely wasn't a newborn.
0: No. uh, I mean, I'm happy that, that Lisa Marie got to have the experience of being a grandmother, but also just so sad that this happened. She has 14 year old twins. She had a granddaughter and that she left that she's not going to be able to be there for them for as they grow up.
1: Yeah. Um, and I do know as well. So the, the, um, the mini-series Daisy Jones and the Six, which stars Riley as Daisy Jones, uh comes out soon on Amazon. And um I, I have a friend whose parent is in the in the series and said that Lisa Marie was able to come come, she came and visited on set. He oh, got to um see some of the episodes and watch her daughter kind of in action, which is really special as it's her last project and it is coming out in mirror weeks. So I will be interested to see if Riley ends up doing any press. I, you know, I, I have been thinking about how she was slated to speak and ended up not, um, right. which just makes me think she is
0: hard just too men. overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's her mom and it was so sudden. And also we can't forget that Riley was close to her brother, brother. Who took his right. own life just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So there's been well, an awful out. lot of, like, just heartbreak and tragedy in that family yes. that Riley has had to cope with. Yeah, And, you know, I'm, I'm really glad she, she's she been married. Her marriage is about seven years old. So she's, you know, she's happily married. She's got a very supportive husband. She's got a baby. So, and she's got, she's got a grandmother and uh, twin sisters. So she's got support, but still to lose your mom. She's very young. 33 is young to lose your parent
1: absolutely yeah her mom and and yes her brother benjamin a year ago so it's been a lot it's been a long a long year
0: um one thing and- it is that was so kind of um also poignant is that this is her daughter's elvis's first great grandchild mm. mm-hmm. yeah and i guess it's priscilla's first great grandchild
1: yeah yeah. Um right. so I guess we'll we'll just wait and see like with the press and stuff I'm sure she'll if she you know starts to feel like it speak out in her own way about it but um that was definitely a heartbreaking memorial service to watch um and then some other news that has come out that we definitely wanted to talk about was Alec Baldwin being charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter by the Santa Fe district attorney following, uh, or the New Mexico district attorney, following uh, the shooting death of Helena Hutchins on the set of Rush, or Rust, excuse Rust. me, on the set of Rust. Yes. Um, so, Bonnie, what are your thoughts on that? I can't
0: say that I was surprised. You know, it was so high profile. Um, It, it just, you know, seemed inevitable that, he would be charged and i think we all accept that it was not intentional but listen they have to police uh you know the district attorney has to do their job and he's so high profile to have just let it him off with no charges probably from their point of view would have been a really bad example and people would have felt that because he was a celebrity that he was getting better treatment or special treatment and I think that you know in the justice system you can't be perceived that way Uh, if he I do think this is going to be a super highly watched trial uh, and apparently it's not going to be that long before it comes to trial. just a few months. like we're not talking about a trial that's not going to happen for a year, a year and a half. Um, we spoke to a New Mexico criminal lawyer and he said it should probably come up to trial by September. And I just think that there's going to be tremendous amount of interest. And you know, the last celebrity trial we had was Johnny Depp. We saw how people just followed along with, and that was a civil trial, like with a trial with um, where he was in contention with his ex-wife, Amber Heard, for damages. And but this is this is a criminal trial, like he could go to jail. I wouldn't be surprised if he is if he is sentenced to maybe not a long term. uh, It. For one of the charges, the maximum is 18 18 months, but for the other, there's a maximum of five years. I don't expect that he will get five years, but he could get a year.
1: Yeah, I go back and forth with this. And my Twitter feed has kind of like (laughs) regurgitated some uh, fellow actors actually tweeting about the situation. And one said that they've been shot and killed on camera many times. They've also been the one pulling the trigger said, I'm an actor, not a firearm specialist. I may know how to check a weapon for a bullet, but no way can I differentiate a half blank from a live round. That's what an armorer is for. And I really do agree that on these sets, you trust that other people in line, two other people in line are doing their jobs so you can do yours. And so it's
0: still like, how did a live bullet get onset period let alone right. into the gun
1: right and so in my opinion if i were say a jury member which maybe it's good i'm not i don't necessarily think that that's alec baldwin's fault i think he was doing his job as an actor trusting that and, and, so maybe are you not supposed to trust your colleagues is that is that what this is you know and and i just i think that it, it I just don't know if there's like much negligence on his part other than him, maybe not triple checking. And is that the protocol? Is, is it the protocol? I guess this is what they have to figure out in, in the case. Is it protocol for an actor to always triple check and to know what is in his gun when he is acting? You know, the the district attorney said in their thing, you know, don't point a gun at someone if you don't want to kill them. It was a it, he was acting. He was told right, right up his gun well, was playing I, character.
0: Think that, I think what's I think why he's being hit with these charges is because he was a producer on of the film, and apparently there were accusations or allegations that protocols weren't proper safety protocols weren't being followed. Mm -hmm. So he's being held responsible more as a producer, because as a producer, it's different than just being an actor on set where you're handed the gun and, and yeah, you trust that all the other people who are hired to do the job of making sure that the gun is safe, have done it, but he's a producer. So he had more responsibility,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, and that makes sense. Are they charging all of the producers though? No, it was just the armorer and Alec who fired the gun.
0: Right. I still, though, I still feel like the deeper mystery. I mean, he's charged as a jury will decide. But whatever did their investigation turn up? How did live ammunition get on that set? Right. Because is it like, how can that be an accident that somebody would load a live bullet. And there could have been more. What we also don't know is, okay, it went off once and and Helena was hit hit and killed. Were there other live bullets? Like when they took the gun, did they find other live bullets? There was only was only one live bullet. In either case, how did that
1: happen? Right. Absolutely. I mean it never should happen. And and now there are I mean, there always were rules in place, but, you know, you talk to people who are on Marvel sets and on Disney sets. and there are protocols to ensure that this does never happen. And so, I mean, there's i I just i'm I like you said, I'm interested to find out what they found because yeah. there must be something that we don't know,
0: yeah yeah so. or did they uncover that or is that something that's going to come out in trial does the armor know how that happened right because in either case like nobody has been charged with putting the live bullet into the gun correct No one's accusing alec baldwin that he put the bullet in there no. so far nobody's been accused of putting a live bullet into the gun so how did it get there
1: It's a great question, Bonnie. Hopefully we find out sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the meantime, guys, we have um, an incredible interview coming up next. Billy Billingham, who talks all about um, his career um, in the the Special Forces and also- It's
0: called the SAS. It's the equivalent to Special Forces. He's British, so it's their equivalent to
1: Special Forces here. Yep, and um, bodyguarding for celebs and so much more. So enjoy that conversation and come back again next Tuesday.
0: Yeah, and if you've been watching Special Forces, you know how tough he is. <laughs> you are going to want to hear him tell oh, us yeah. all about secrets of the Special Forces set, as well as what it was like working for Brad and Angelina mm-hmm. as their personal bodyguard.
1: Yep.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We've got a very interesting and for me, a little bit terrifying guest.
2: (laughs)
1: Oh my goodness. It's going to be (laughs) such a good guest today. I'm really excited for this conversation Um, and we're honored to have him on here. So Bonnie, I will let you introduce him today.
0: Okay, well, I hope that a lot of you have watched Special Forces, World's Toughest Test on Fox. And if you haven't watched yet, you must start because we have got one of the stars here who's not who is a celebrity in his own right. But he's also something called a staff, which means he is kind of in charge of directing the celebrities on this show. So everybody,
2: welcome, Billy Billingham. Hey, Billy. Hey, guys, Bonnie, Ali. Thank you for um, inviting me onto your uh, podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And um, let's fire away. Let's go for it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we're so excited to have you on. I know, as Bonnie had told you before we started recording here, that we've had Carly Lloyd on the podcast. We're in talks to have Hannah Brown on the podcast. There's so many people that you're kicking them into high gear and now they want to come talk about it with us. So we're, t- we're excited to talk to the source. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, <laughs> you've got,
1: you started yeah. off with a cast
0: um, yeah. just about, I think, where we just had the third week, though the first episode was really two episodes. And you started off with 16 celebrities, including Jamie Lynn Spears and Mel B and um, uh, and athletes. Uh, like Mike Piazza, and you're already down to, I believe nine, like they're falling fast and it's already day four. Why? First of all, Billy, you, now you, and there's three other staff, you are the ones who come up with all of the tasks that they do every day. You oversee everything. Um, You, you, you kind of, you meet with the contestants and, you know, figure out their mindsets. But first of all, why would a celebrity agree to be in a show like this, which really is a physical and mental endurance test? You're out in the desert in Jordan for 10 days, and every day feels like about 100 days.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a great question, Bonnie. And you know what? It's the exact same question we asked when they sat in front of us. Why are you here? You know, because... You know, I don't know why, but you know, the public's perception of celebrities is they've got it all together, they've got great lives, they've got a lot of money, they've got everything at their feet. Well, actually, that's not really true. It's, you know, they're probably they suffer just like we do. They have the same problems we do. And for them, it's actually harder because they don't really have anyone that they can trust and turn to. Because you know what it's like the paparazzi or somebody gets all of a bit of information that the whole thing's spread across the world. So that question we do ask, why are you here? And we do know the answer to that because it's the same reason as everybody that comes on that show is there. And that is to find out, they want to find out who they really are. Particularly celebrities because they've spent such a period of their life and some of them all their life being in the limelight, being told how great they are and being told what they are and being directed and being waited on and being having everything almost done for them. They want to know who they really are. They want to be peeled back away from all these charade-type lifestyles and, and be shown, actually, I can do something I never thought I could do. And that's why they come. There's no prizes. There's there's no money at the end of it. There's no, you know, win or lose. It's a, a pass or fail in terms of you got to the end or you didn't. And actually, I will say this, it doesn't matter how far they go on this journey because it's a personal journey to everybody. Every single person's come for a different reason. Well, the, the, I would say if there's one common denominator, it's that, to find out who they are. And we look at every single person. We're not look, looking for the fastest, the fittest, the strongest, we're actually looking for you. Who are you? And we don't break you down, we peel you back. We peel back, back all these, this Instagram charade, this outside your front door charade problem, what you really like. And once you can get somebody back to their vulnerability, you just see like, it's almost like someone's taking the world off their shoulders. Like, wow. And then they can be reborn again and live this life of, wow, this is who I am. This is, and they, and physically, mentally, emotionally, they're very vulnerable now. And we're not there to make fools of them or anything like that. We're there to, okay, say to me, okay, this is where you're at. Just like everybody else, same level as it, and now let's see what you can do. And that is the reason they come on and why they want to be there.
0: Well, now, the, the, the tasks, the things that they have to do are all things that you and the other three staff have done because you were a member of the SAS in Great Britain, which, you know, for our audience, would you say that's like the special forces here in the US? Is that the sort of similar?
2: Yeah, let me explain it to you. The special okay. Service Regiment is... Probably the finest fighting elite force in the world, and I can say that because I know that we we actually formed the American Tier One Special Forces SEAL Team and Delta, which is your top top uh, elite um, Tier One force of special forces. So yeah, that's who we are. You know, we have a lot of history. Everyone in the UK and and most parts of the world, if you say special forces, the uh, UK they'll know exactly what they're talking about. There's only two. Two units in this, in the uk that are special forces and that is sas special air service special boat service we all do the same selection it, it's just that one kind of goal like the SEALs do they deal on on the water and the sas deal deals on everything else around the planet every other environment they're the only special forces in the uk in the us there's different tiers of special forces you know from the rangers to the green berets to um Seals to Delta. That that's a difference. Mm-hmm. We're very small, but you know we're uh, and on all our operations, like your Tier One units deal with, are all um strategic level. So what we operate, the the sort of operational tempo that we get involved in is world changing. It's you know it's saving hundreds of thousands of lives, or it's changing policies and directions for a greater for the globe, basically. So that's who we are. That's who the Special Forces are in UK. And it's the, the SAS. So yeah, I'm, I'm from the SAS. The other British guy, Foxy, is from the SBS, Special Boat Service. And we have Remy from SEALs and, and Rudy from Marine Recon. So we've got two Brits, two UK.
0: But the tasks, like oh, having sorry. to be in a car that gets dropped into water and having to escape as it's submerged and walking across rope across a 300 foot canyon this is all these are things that yeah hannah brown is doing and dwight Ho- howard who's a basketball player are doing and but these are which are you know like i said terrifying to me uh but these are all things that you've done so yeah. they you come up with these tasks because they're all things you've done
2: yeah this is, everything that we do on this course is based on reality that we've done on operations obviously it, it replicates the same sort of problem like the the vehicle dunking into the water that represents an helicopter crash going into water because so we spend a lot of time in helicopters and some of some of us have been in helicopter situations where it's gone into water or crash land so it's all replicating something that we've done for real you know like the you'll see the driving task on the next one where they, they end up being in explosions being fired at that's represents something that we've I've actually personally done it and the rest of the guys have done. So we write the tasks that we are the directors. We are the producers. There's nobody steps in our way. We write it. There's no script. There's no stop retake. There's no um, sort of preempting anything and, and really doing anything at all. It, it literally runs. We run it as a course, like as if it was a military course for anybody. Mm-hmm. And then the cameras filled it 24 hours a day, If we decide one second, okay, we're going to stop, and then we're going to go start running that way for 10 miles, the cameras have to run with us. Wow. That's how it runs. But it is all based, it's exactly like you said, on operational things that we've been involved in. And everything in the Special Forces world is petrifying. You know, it is. Crossing those gorges on on the ropes that you see, which the I don't know, two, 300 feet up. Yeah, if you fall, you're probably going to die. We, we've done that in places like Afghanistan when there's an enemy out there trying to kill you, when you're carrying a lot of equipment and it's done at night, and you've got, you know, you've got, you can't afford to say you can't do it or go slow because you've got 30 other um, people from your unicorn behind you. So it rep- represents all that. So that little bit of snoring can hear is my bulldog, he's down here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's what that represents, you know. So everything is. The fear of heights, the fear of water, because that's what we do. Everything we do is behind enemy lines in petrifying terrorism And on top of what we have is an enemy trying to kill you. They haven't got an enemy trying to kill them, except for the directed stuff. Us, <laughs> we're actually not going to try and kill anybody. We're just going to try and push them to their through their fear factors and, and a place that they never dreamed they'd be. I mean, when would you know the chef of a, a, a or a, or a doctor off the TV or be hanging off a rope 200 feet high in in the mountains. Never, so this is a great opportunity for them. But like you said, all based on real things that we've done. You know, you'll see them carrying big weird objects up and down horrendous terrain. That represents carrying a body, a human body like we have. You know, and and that, well, when do you carry tires? And you don't carry tires, of course you don't, but that replicates ammunition that we've had to carry on the battlefield or a, a body that's been injured, you know? So, yeah, it's it's all based on real, real sort of stuff that we've done.
1: And how did you decide that you wanted to get involved with something, making it a television show? You know, I think that sometimes there's like a fear that, you know, when you give something like a TV treatment, it maybe diminishes it or or anything like that. And I don't feel like that's the case here. But how did you decide that you wanted to be a part of this?
2: It's funny, you should answer the question again, because... My whole army career, I spent the whole all of my life denying who I was, where I was, because I had to. And then when I left the military, I had to get a job. And, you know, the military's over. I 30-odd years that I'd served, and now I've got to go and find a job. Mm. And the first job I stepped into was into the limelight, bodyguarding celebrities. celebrity. So I was now gone from this life of clandestine, hiding in the shadows, to, whoa, almost on every magazine, every and, and trying to hide from cameras instead of People shooting at me with guns and other shooting with cameras. So that was really daunting. Yeah. And it, it took some getting used to. It. And that, 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 over that period of time, there's a number of shows, and there has there's always been shows going out on doing survival or you know, um extreme sports or whatever it is. And they always tend to lean towards anybody from the military to give them advice and help them steer and keep it safe and, and and put realism to it so I was getting approached right from the word go before I left to say hey would you come and have a look at this program would you come and advise on this film would you come and do this and you know like I say it took a while to decide what I wanted to do but I needed to work I needed a job so I went into the bodyguarding start, side of it and then I got asked and asked and asked will you come and do this program will you do that I did my due diligence looked look at it so you don't make a fool of yourself or you get involved in something that like you really don't want to get involved in or give away any secrets that might arm our yeah. security or our armed forces. And, and of course, we'd never, never in a million years do that. So we had to vet everything that we did. And then when the show that you're watching now uh, went out, it went out in the UK about seven years ago and I got asked to do that. Firstly, I stood back and looked at it and thought, hang on, let me see what it's really all about. And then when I realized what it is about, it's not talking about special forces operations and tactics and skills. It's about people. Mm-hmm. We're just there to add authenticity based on our lifestyle and what we've got and give direction as, let's get this straight. So we are not psychologists. We don't have all the answers, but we've been in places where people don't want to ever go and wouldn't dream to go. We've had to be there, but we've learned lessons from it. And we're, we're able to give direction to people who've gone through dark, let's call it dark spaces, people who've lost people, bereavement, relationship breakdown. You know, we've been there, you know, on many occasions around the globe because of what we do. So we're able to give advice. But I'll reiterate that we are not experts. We can say, this is what you need to do now. You need to pick yourself up. You need to go forward. And this is why, how, how, because we've done it on numerous occasions. So when we got asked to do the program, we looked at it and went, yeah, I can give that advice. I can without giving any secrets where I can push these people to a great place so that's why we got involved in how I got involved in it I got involved right at the start with the British version I didn't do the very first series because I wanted to look at it and see what it was all about and yeah. then they came and approached me will you do will you come along and do it with us i went, like, yeah okay so I went and I joined on the second series and I've been there ever since and then America sorry Australia approached us to do the same thing in Australia went across to Australia, we started doing it over there. We did, within the first three EPF series, it went to number one show over there. And again, because it's therapeutic and it helps people outside of the show. And I'll guarantee you now, you know, when people look at it, for the contestants or, or recruits, you know, you celebrities that we've got, they walk away better, better people. You can ask anyone. Well, they've learned so much about themselves. What is important to what? And it's not materialistic and it's not about statistics. It's not about your status. It's about your family, your life, your health and helping other people. That's what they walk away with, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's invaluable. So you you learn that from being on the show. It's not about us, DS. We stood in the ship. We're putting you through your paces. And we're very straightforward about that. There's no concessions for anybody. You come on our course, you volunteer. You're going to be screamed at. You're going to be shouted at. You're going to be pushed. It's not personal. There's a reason behind everything we do. So that's the beauty of the show, and that's why I got involved in it. And like I say, but sorry, I go off at a little tangent. I always do this. My wife kills me when I go into <laughs> conversation. But um, so that person sat in front of us when we've we've peeled them back and helped them to rise another two-foot. Shame for Dwight Howard, he's now 27-foot. But um, you know, it, it helps them. But everybody watching that show, there's so many people who look up to these people as role models and go, wow. If Dwight Howard can talk about his personal problem, I can do it. You know? And I know that because my phone goes mental the next day about thank you. You've really helped me through a dark space. I was in a real bad place because of what X, Y, and Z. You've really helped me. You give me advice and and you know, you know and it, it really helps so many people. And that is a beauty of the show. So I was proud to be involved in it. And I love what I do. I really mm. do. I love it.
0: Well, and it seems like the celebrities who are on this show don't seem to hold anything against you guys, even though, I mean, you do yell at them and you are peeling them back, as you say. But like, you know, on the show to- last uh, week, Tony Scaramucci, the Mooch, um yeah. you know, who, who had worked in the White House, he's made lots of money, like he's this big wig. And I mean, he was a mess trying to, I mean physically, emotionally, after trying to complete a task where he was a leader. but you know, you see the interviews after when they're back, I guess, and they 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 really do seem to appreciate what they've mm-hmm. learned. Now, who on out, out of the crew here, the cast, really surprised you in terms of how they've handled, how they handled things. I mean, so far, I have to say, I'm really surprised by Kenya Moore. Um, I mean, she's been really tough in terms yeah. of being able to handle both the physical and the emotional. Yeah. Whereas Mel B seemed like she was, but then she, you know, yeah. she's already off the show. She had enough.
2: Yeah, well, everybody's got a breaking point. And, and the truth is we don't know what that is. No one knows what's inside your head or your head or my head. You know, when people are going through a hard time, only you can say really that is enough. We can see it from a physical side, by watching it, make sure we don't push people too far. So when you go back to who surprises everyone surprises us to a degree. But what I will say, having done this now for a number of years, is it is very much about mindset. And the women are strong. Mm-hmm. Women are so powerful in the mind and. The the truth is this, right? If you've got a strong mind and a determined mind, you will go to a place that you never ever thought you would go and your body will follow. What slows you down is your body will go so far, but it will break if you're not careful. So you have to stop at some point. But women are great. At, 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 you know, You know some of the ladies, you know, like Kenya Moore, like I say, she's, you know... Uh, I, know, I don't know what her fitness level was before, but her uh, mindset is just so strong and so powerful. And I'm sure she's hurting, but she puts on that brave face and she just gets on with it. She really does. Beverly Mitchell, I mean, she she weighs about two kilos wet. She's tiny. Mm-hmm. Look, she, she was carrying the equivalent of her body weight from day one, from day one. And, you know... You know, she went out this week, uh, but that was amazing. Sorry, again, what the public don't see is they're working 18 hours a day. We push them 18 hours a day. They're hardly getting any sleep. If they're lucky, they'll get two hours sleep a night, if they're lucky.
1: They're
2: they're on food deprivation, sleep deprivation. Wow. You know, they're being pushed mentally, physically, and it's, it's everything from, you know, you want to go to the bathroom. We take everything away from them. And there's a reason behind it, like I say, and they want to go to the bathroom, they've got to wake somebody about two in the morning to go and move. They're not allowed to go anywhere on their own. That replic- repli- uh, replicates what we do, you know, beyond the enemy lines. You don't go wandering off anywhere on your own. Everywhere you go, you go in pairs. So someone's watching your back all the time. And that's what that replicates. So, you know, they're, they're being put through so much pressure, so much stress. So, surprise me, all of them do. Overall, if I had to say... One group, the ladies, very powerful, very powerful. And I found this in UK and Australia and in uh, the States already. But I mean, you know, you look at uh, Anthony Scaramucci, he's not a gym buff, he's not an athlete. He's still there with athletes. These are some of your best athletes. Daniel Amandone is yep. a machine. Look, uh, Dwight Howard is a machine. Mike Piazza. Wow. Mike Piazza. I mean, yeah. he's all. He, he is. He is. He is one of the people who's got all of it. He's got the physical and the mental. His body's breaking a little bit now. He's getting tired because he's a little bit older than the others. But yeah, so everybody's surprised. Not surprises. We kind of know where we can go. But then you get the little the people who go, "Wow, where did where did you just come from?" Mm-hmm.
0: You know,
2: like Beverly, if you look at Beverly on day one, it would be easy because I know what weights they are carrying, I know what they're doing. You go, "Hmm, this will be interesting." But Smashing through, smashing through. You know, those four days are like four months. To them. They are.
0: <laughs> I and, can justify just like, watching. Like
2: say, <laughs> it's, it's worth telling. You it. It, that That's 18 hours a day they get. And they're lying in their beds, not knowing when we're going to come in. There's not. They don't see a schedule of what they're doing each day. They only know what they're doing when they hear our voices screaming up from the top of the balcony going, get on parade, And then, you know, you're in bed. You've just fell asleep. You've got to jump out of bed. You've got to put your wet clothes on because that's part of it. So you have two sets of clothing, one wet, one dry. And if you don't stick to that discipline, you're going to bed with wet clothes. That ain't nice. That's even worse. So they're jumping out of bed at 2.30 in the morning, putting their wet clothes on, out on the place, because they have no idea what they're going to do. They have no idea how long it's going to be. They're totally in our control. So you really have got to, if you could think about it and go, well, you know what? That is what an achievement for every single one of them. Ali, are you signing up?
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know if I, I've already,
2: I, I I've already got your I've already got your details. Fox will send you the.
1: <laughs> I will say that like, when you say that about like the mental willpower though, it is true. And my parents and I talk about that a lot, actually, because my parents are coaches and like, Sometimes when you put your mind to something, like I ran a whole marathon with or a half marathon. It was not a whole marathon. I ran a half marathon, but the ran the whole thing. I did not train a single second. And I was just like, I'm going to run it. And I did. And I hurt a lot the next day. And I probably should have yeah. taken breaks, but I did the whole thing. Like, it's just that kind of, you put your mind to it and you end up kind of yeah. surprising yourself a little bit um I am curious you kind of mentioned it briefly before so you've done the British version you've done the Australian version now you've done the American version what would you say is like the biggest difference at least between like Americans and um the Brits and the Australians and like did you like like one better than the other
2: <laughs> you know I, I think the skeleton of the whole thing whatever you want to call it um the template is the same throughout you know um it's just the way you're thinking. You know, Americans think different to Brits. Um, they, they, they seem to want more explanations of things. Hmm. Brits let's go, let's go do it. You know, and, and Stip not up lips. That, I'm not saying they tough tougher, but Brits don't ask too many questions. You go, right, I think we're going to do this. Okay. Americans go, well, why are we doing that? And how are we doing that? And I ain't got time hmm. to explain. It. So I told you this on day one. There's a reason why you're doing it. You know but they want explanations, so it takes a little while to break down those barriers of stop asking questions, just get on with it. Do it. And that's why <laughs> a bit sharp and a bit because we have to, because we literally haven't got time. Right. We have not got time. At the cold light of day you know, when it's all over, and you know, then we can figure it out. I go, oh, now I understand why we've sat in those vehicles for two hours. It replicates this. Like I say, sitting around, I mean, how boring it? Yeah, it's boring. But I'll tell you what it does. It triggers with your mind it gets you thinking about things you get and that's what we want to see how are they how, how are they're going to react now what they're going to do about it
1: hmm. and
2: we don't mind and they get so wound up and tired of Americans do with failing and it's not failing not getting the best results and they struggle a lot of them struggle with fighting back and going you know what so what I'll go again hmm. and that's what we're after we're not we're not worried about you getting knocked on your backside we, we want to see how you react and perform when you get back up. Because that's what we're interested in. Because that's who the real you is. We all get knocked down. And like you were just saying there, um, Ali, you know, you know, you just put your mind to or well, set yourself, I'm going to do this marathon. And you did it. It doesn't matter how you did it. And the only person you're challenging yourself anyway, and too many right. people get wrapped up about what everybody else thinks. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. I'm 57 years old. I can run with 20-year-olds. I can run at speed as well. And every day, what speed did you do this? Do you want to challenge? I don't want to challenge you. I've done all that. I'm challenging myself and I'm happy with what I'm doing. But the also to that, what you said there, you know, you put your mind to it. You know, there's an old saying, put your mind so you can do what, anything you want. That's not quite true. That's not true at all. Because if, if that was true, I'd be an astronaut and I'd be a multimillionaire.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Right, I'd be president. But,
2: but, but I certainly can go, you know what? You know, when I've had people tell me, oh no, 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 you shouldn't do that. You won't be able to do that. And I'm not being disrespectful. I'm saying, okay, I hear what you're saying because you're an expert at this, but I'm going to try anyway. I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a go. So I'll try. And I know that they're right. And they're, most of the time they are right. But you know what? By attempting to do something, I'm in a better place than just sitting back and being told I ain't going to do it.
1: 100%. And no matter what that is,
2: where I am in my life now, I never wanted to be in TV. I never, it, but I was trying for other goals. And, and all of a sudden these avenues opened up and I went, you know what? That gives me options. hmm many options if you sat on the couch saying you're going to do it you'll get more options by getting off the couch and going i'm going to go don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself mm-hmm.
1: All well, right. that's, that's
0: really that. great advice get that up is. off the couch and if you yeah, yeah it's like if you don't take 100 percent of the shots you're never going to get any of them um yeah. you you mentioned that you were a celebrity bodyguard uh after you came out of the sas and you worked actually for brad and angelina and protected them and their children what was that experience like and what was hardest thing about that I mean it has to be extremely different from being in the SS.
2: Firstly I'll say I was grateful to have that opportunity and with everything I do uh, again and I'll say every day is a school day you know I went I took on that job with the profession and skill set that I have they had a skill set and a job they wanted to do. My job was to protect them while they did that and allow them to do that or find other options for them. Simple as that. And as soon as we established that boundary straight away, I'm not starstruck by anybody and none of this stuff. You've employed me to do a job and I'm very proud about what I'm doing and, you know, take you very serious. I don't want to make a fool of myself. So when I approached the job with Brad and Angelina, who happened to be the number one celebrity on the planet at the time, that noise to the side. I'm not interested in that. Why am I interested? What do you want me to do? What can I do? I, and then I did, I basically I toned down all the skill sets that I'd had of 27 years of being in the military. You know, working in hostile environments, traveling, planning, organizing, dealing with something quickly on the spot. I, I toned all that down to suit my new clients, which was the, the celebrities. So that's what I did. But then when I work with the, uh, these people, those, as well as other celebrities I work with, I, I watched them, their lives, and how they, and you know, like for Brandon and I learned so much from them on time management. Their time management is phenomenal. Mm. You know, people don't ever see that. And of course, you shouldn't see it. If you're doing a, a good bodyguard job, they shouldn't do and, and I think I did it well, because, you know, from the, the their timings are impeccable, and they work so hard. That was the other thing. I thought, I'm going to get a great life. I'm going to be flying around in jets. I'm going to be drinking champagne. This is going to be awesome. Jeez, I was working as hard as I was in the military. <laughs> well, I keep knocking out 18 hours a day because there's a lot to do because what you don't see with these people they'll get up in the morning family time is the first thing they'll do they'll spend time with their children and themselves and they get themselves together they do all this organising and making the family bit. then the children have to get to school that's done then they'll sit before they go if one of them's on a film set or above that's what they're, they're doing the scripts they're doing the rehearsal they're doing their own planning themselves they're getting into the frame of mind ready to go, go to work if they're not doing that, they're, they're, they're working on a charity project. Unbelievable. Non-stop giving. And, and I, I sat back and watched and thought, you know what? That is, it, it's truly amazing. That's what people should be talking about when you talk about these people generally. And I can do because I've done it and I've followed their leader. That's what I do now. But, you know, so uh, time management, they're, they're giving and they're, they're, every single one of them, every celebrity I've ever worked with, they they do. They they've got that platform and they use it well. I have never seen anybody not use it well. You know, they don't get the credit for it all and they don't want it actually. They don't want to be patted on the back every two minutes. So when I worked with Brandon Angie, that's what I that's what I work I I, I got. I sat with him directly and, and said to him, This is what we can do, this is what I do. If I say if I have to grab both of you, don't take it personal, yeah, there's a reason behind it. If I have to tell you you can't go to that venue, there's a reason. And I'm telling you right now, they never once questioned it. I didn't do it because I didn't want to do it. I was lazy. There was a reason behind it. But what I would do is find an alternative for them. We can't go to the venue. I can't secure it. There's only me, there's this, 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 however, let's do this. And they'll go, okay, Billy, that's fine. You know, don't just give them a a problem, give them a solution Mm -hmm. and and advice. But, you know, I wouldn't be pressured into, oh, but we really need to, no, 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 that's not gonna happen, not on my watch. Mm-hmm. and they listen to it they were very respect. It, again it's about respect i had so much respect for them they had respect for me and it never goes anywhere else and there's a has to stay professional as well you have to be very close when you're doing bodyguard not to get too personal with them you know you do you know everything about them you have to know everything about them but don't get too too familiar because you've got a job to do okay. and the minute you let your guard down everything you've done is forgotten and i'll never allow that and I can touch wood and say, well, that never happened because it didn't, not with any of my clients. So yeah, that's what it was like, but it was hard work. So what I found was, I was surprised by was how much time they do put into other things and, and the, the hours they work, it's crazy. I'm like, how are they doing this? And, you know, time management and respect. It was just, yeah. And and yeah, time management was probably the biggest thing.
0: Well, you also are devoting a time to do work for charity too, the giving of your time. And you've got a special connection to Haiti, I understand. And you've just launched um, a new, you've got a new military inspired accessories collection called Domain Partners that you're launching and you it's all made in Haiti, but you have another collection I think that was also made in Haiti before this too.
2: Yeah. Um... So basically, just to, to, to put you in the picture with where I am with this, Dume is a business. When what, looking at charity, I've been around the world, done charity. I do boxing for charity, I've done runs for charity, and I never really understood what charity was all about. Charity is about giving, but charity is about sustainability and, and a turnkey solution to ending poverty. That's what we're involved in. And that's my charity. So when I went out, it all started um, properly when I went out to Haiti in 2010 after the earthquake. That's where I met my now wife. And she was out there as a responder. I went out there to volu- uh, volunteer and to donate, believe it or not, an hospital hmm. built out of porter cabins. I was working in Iraq with a security company. So I looked at her and I thought, like, right, what can I do? You know, I, was, I wasn't after anything, no publicity, you no know, nothing. Oh, look, I, I spoke to somebody on the ground and said, I said, what's the situation? It was horrendous. 200,000, if you can imagine that number, 250,000 people dead. I, was, I couldn't get, I was like, what? And I was in Iraq at the time. So I was used to people. Being injured and killed, but th- those so on the basis of that me and my business partner says, Look, go out of Haiti, see what we can do. So I spoke to someone on the ground, and it was a doctor I'd worked with in the past, and he said, Billy, we need we need hospitals. But no one will go and build it. So we I we had a plan. We, I'll go over and donate. Porter cabin, nothing. We call them porter cabins, um, temporary military camp type things. So I designed an hospital, flew out to Haiti and took it in there. And that's when I met my wife. So then we sat and she formed a, a charity called Rebuild Globally, which I'm the ambassador to even today. And basically what that was, was um, taking children, orphans mainly, and t- children of poverty, give them education. You know, we're in 2010 and kids are not getting education. I just couldn't get, even get my head around it. So we we formed the charity that gives kids a chance to go to school. Also, once they finish school, what do you do with them then? So I give them an education, but there's no opportunities.
1: Mm.
2: This has to all come as a like a seed turn. So my wife, smartly enough, when they need a job, we have to give them jobs. So she formed a business called Dumay Designs, initially we were making sandals. She was making sandals, which was this an was in
0: Haiti. In in
2: heavy. It was an idea she got from when she went uh, to out in Africa. So that was her. So I, we had the brain some, right, get kids in, let's get the kids into school first while I'm working on with her doing that. She was like working hundred hours a day doing all of it. So I'm helping her out with setting up the rebuild to get the kids into school. How do we do that legally? How do we do this? And she's already 10 steps ahead of me going, right, I need to, I need to find work. I need to, and she came out with this crazy ass idea. She said to me, I'm going to, I'm gonna make tires, uh, sorry, make sandals out of tires, and I'm like, of course, I'm gonna say yes, because I loved her. I thought, yeah, 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 of course you are. (laughs) I come home one day and she sat up in the middle of the the place that we were building with a scalpel cutting feet size out of tires, literally with her hands. And I looked at her, I thought, this woman's crazy. (laughs) She made these tires, uh, these sandals, and I thought looked at her and thought, wow, that's that's actually not that bad. So that's where it started and involved. She went, she had this idea and she stuck through it through thick and thin. So now we had kids in school. Then they finished the school. Then my job was to get job, raise some money in awareness to get get job training for them. So she set up that where they could use a press, cut, use scissors, sew, all this sort of stuff. And then she formed a company called DeMay, which started with sandals. Okay. So from there, that was that was the, the basics of it. That's where it all started, this crazy house idea, employing these ladies, a lot, and it was all lady run at the start, you know? And, and then the kids were going through school, job training, and then they had a job. And we were watching this. And what we ended up doing then, we started grow, 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 grow. And then she formed, she built a factory, solar powered. And again, environmentally friendly, totally thinking two steps ahead of me all the time. So we now got this factory, Beautiful factory. We bought all second second hand uh, equipment because that's all we could afford at the time. You know, all the machinery, got all the levers. She did all the due diligence, travelled everywhere to get everything. Resources all from within countries. so we're keeping everything in there. And then we had the, got the whole thing going to, and turning, and, and it was to watch it it was like wow. Having been being all around the world, seen poverty, seen disaster, I was now seeing a, seeing a, a light at the end of the tunnel, as I, I call it. I thought, wow, this is amazing. And that is 70% of our life today. That's what we do. So the kids go for school, job training, then they go to the main. Started off with sandals, basic sandals. Then we got to the stage where sandals were being sold by kind of coal. You know, that's the standard that she's wow, And they were making like ladies' accessories, jewelry, handbags. And 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 I watched it grow, 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 grow. And he was so professional. And I was I was like I was kind of jealous of it, if I'm honest. I was like, how you should do that. But it was amazing and it still is amazing. But what we've got now is we've got kids who've come from nothing, no food, no, some of them not even got parents, gone through the schooling, through the job training. They're working the, at, at the factory now. Some of them are managers. In fact, two of them, a, a girl and a guy, they're, they're phenomenal. Unbelievable. They run the whole thing, you know, the procurement of equipment, the the, the pay slip, the whole thing, the procurement. It's amazing. And, uh, yeah, so it's growing and growing and growing. So while I watch this grow, and me being me, I travel a lot. I'm always on a plane. I'm on one tomorrow, in fact. You know, I'll go to London for two days. Back here, then Jules will join me. We'll go all over the place. Going back to London in two days. And I was traveling, and I'm I'm one of these people. You'd think the amount of travel I've done, I've got it all together. I've got the best traveling. Get- I haven't. I've tried for years to find the right stuff. And nothing ever seems to fit what I personally want. And I see other people want. So I had this crazy idea, and I was watching, we were over at the factory about over a year ago. I was watching how a professional I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is truly amazing. And then I come up with this idea. I run this idea past my wife at the time, she was like, Whatever, you know, they were busy enough. But then she started to listen to me and work with me, and then we we designed. And I was thinking about traveling everything I need, you know, from a card holder to a wallet to a uh, uh, we call them wash bags. What do you guys call them? Um so I I like be. Be. Yeah. yeah, thinking about everything I need every day I'm travelling and we call it an old you call it a duffel bag and I've had these duffel bags and they're so expensive yeah. they just didn't do they look good they just didn't do what I wanted to do so then I designed it and I did it with a military sort of uh, piece in it for instance mine are different to everything else because they've got blue zips and the blue it stands out from a mile one, because it looks beautiful too. two it represents something that's deep in my heart, which was my past, being in the SCS. that is a color of our belt. It represents the oceans that we've crossed many, many times. And the while I was a real pain in the backside, I have to say, because when we were making it, I'd be in military, I'm, every stitch has got to be perfect. No, go back to that again. And I think that one stage, she was going to throw me out of the factory. And I'm like, no, it's got to be military precision. It's got to be super detailed and that's what we got so we got to the stage where we got it all done and i'm very very proud to say we we launch in a couple of days time on the 26th so we launched launched this product line which is totally military inspired from myself and it's, it's a very very proud and the, and the reason is it's not so we can make money it's actually to continue producing jobs in Haiti, and that's where i'm hoping that's where it's going to go
0: that's fantastic yeah. now you it's do very, a lot really- you do a lot with veterans too. If I see from your Instagram. Have you ever crossed paths with Prince Harry because he's very involved in um, veterans groups in Britain?
2: I I personally haven't. I mean, I well worked with the royal family many many years ago when they came to the SAS camp I worked with Majesty the Queen on a number of occasions and her husband the, the Duke at the time. I actually haven't worked with the the children Harry or William, um, but but yeah so I've, I've i've looked after all too but mainly the queen on a number of occasions
0: mainly the queen
2: <laughs> well oh, we
0: haven't met the queen so we're very you're lucky we're very impressed um and it seems like though you took that all in stride now just before we leave let's just ask you um what what should we really be looking forward to on special forces like Anyone in particular we should keep an eye on? That I'm uh, not going to
2: give you any great spoilers. What I'm going to say is keep your eyes your eyes wide open and watch. You're going to be you're going to go. What just happened? Where did that? How did that? And again, and then you'll drop right back to strong mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just it, it's going to get brutal. We tell them every day we ramp up the pressure and we do. We put the vice on them this is a reason behind everything it gets physically more demanding it gets physically and mentally more challenging it's it's petrifying you know you look at someone oh my god you're trying to kill these people we ain't we're far from it they feel that but we're yeah
0: i know you're not trying to kill them but are i mean is it are you guys obsessed with making sure it actually it's very safe there's no way that you could kill them
2: let me tell you. Like I said, I totally the to stop. We don't. There's no script. There's no rehearsals to any of this. The only rehearsals there are. We do it. We do it with more equipment, and we do it with less safety as we would for real. We do not ask them to do anything that we wouldn't do, and then we add a little bit more safety to it. It is scary. It is. It is dangerous. And you know I mean, things can get wrong. You, you can get injured and stuff. That's just you can. You know, you can wrap people in cotton wool. somewhere down the line they'll they'll catch a cold or something you know that's human nature but yeah all the tasks we physically do uh, all four ds do every single task and you know we that the way it works we'll turn up in a country we turn up in Jordan. and all right we look around and go well mountains we can do this we can do that we can do this and then we'll go and try it we'll have a look at interviews no no actually we couldn't do that We'll do something else. So we—that's how we—that's how it, the format gets laid out. So if, like, America tomorrow want to go to, like, we've just done one in, in the jungles of Vietnam for the Brits, which launched tonight. Launched tonight. We will literally got on the ground in the jungle and went, looked around, and went, right. What should we do? There's a river. There's mountains over there. There's this. There's that. And then we'll come up with the ideas based on operational experience, and we'll go and set it up, try it, practice it, practice it. Got it. And then when it's set up, the safety go and check it all out for safety, all the ropes teams and all that insurance just to make sure that it's all safe. And then the, literally hours before the students turn up, our, one of us will run through it again just to make sure nothing's come loose, everything's good to go. So yeah, the safety is paramount. You, you know, at the end of the day, this is a TV programme, it's a show. You don't need anybody to get a We want people to just walk away with a great experience, and great memories and
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Amazing.
0: Well, as you say, it's already brutal. So, um, yes, I can only, I can't even imagine what's coming next. But everyone tune in to Special Forces World's Toughest Test and also um, look out for the launch of your new collection, Domain, and it's spelled D E U X M A I N S. Where can um, our audience find?
2: If you follow us on Instagram, collection? you can follow us on Instagram, domains dot um, org dot uh, com. Sorry, what's the password? <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm terrible. I am not it savvy. Yeah, so if you follow domains on. Uh, domain on uh instagram facebook you'll be able to see everything that we're doing and like i said we launching it today so don't miss it okay. everybody follow us now yeah, facebook- yeah. sounds like good <laughs> gift
0: ideas with valentine's day coming up for
2: yeah. facebook live actually uh on the 25th right 26th sorry my days are all over the place yeah. like i said it's on- okay yeah we do and and you put good workouts on
0: your instagram too so you know we can try your workouts (laughs)
1: okay well thank you follow me
2: follow domain
1: amazing
2: be there on the instagram live on the 26
1: awesome thank you guys so much thanks for listening and tuning in and we will be sure to catch special forces and um the new domains drop thank you billy Thank, Thank you, God. Billy. Sure. Great Bye. Talk. Bye.
0: Bye-bye.